Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, gents and gentiles. I want to say thank you for being listening to me. I really appreciate it. I um, have taken a long break from this podcast because I was uh, working in dirt and plants and flowers at a big old greenhouse. That was kind of fun, flirting with the girls there. Maybe I could have a relationship with a Cherokee Indian. That would be really cool to have children that are Indian. Anyway, um... I just wanted to say, you know, I've been going to the Krishna temple uh, when the kind of society kind of has made fun of the Krishnas. They were started in 1960. But they're the Vash, I think, I'm not, to be honest with you, I have very limited knowledge. I got like, like 0.001 knowledge in the in the um, Krishna world it's part of Hinduism but I guess there's several several different varieties I think it's Vashnu that the Krishnas are I'm not sure but I guess I can talk about that um, today I'll read a little bit out of the Bhagavad Gita um, and talk about why it's helping me understand. You know, um, I think, let me find the verse that that um, that I really liked. Um, help me understand what are you working for? See, my, my grandma my grandma posted a text saying that she, but I'm sure she copied it, witnessed a um, man or a boy, a, teen, a young man in, in front of a business owner. And the business owner was like, I want to hire you. And he said $18 an hour or $16 an hour. And um, the man, the little boy, the the young man said, "Oh no, I need at least eighteen dollars an hour for it to work." Um, and and um, Grandma was like, "Oh, she was disappointed. This is the problem with people today." Blah 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 blah. And, you know, they don't even want to work. Why do we need to work? God damn. The thing is, is if you, if the text here that I'm looking for, um, to, to, um, Okay, so I found it, and I also found a Bible verse which contradicts the old, uh, which which is a contradiction here. This is on the 
Bhagavad Gita, which is B-H-A-G-A-V-A-D Gita, G-I-T-A, as it is. Um, this is the text, basically the, the sacred text of the Krishnas in Hindu. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of texts in Hindus, but um, there's a lot of Veridic texts and I'm just learning all about it. Um, basically, monks have a lot of text, and then they divide, they read and study and meditate and help you become ascend and be in the arms of Krishna. Um, let's see here, text forty, text um, chapter 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 two, verse forty seven. You have a right to perform your prescribed duty, but you are not entitled to the fruits of action. Never consider yourself the cause of the result of your activities and never be attached to not doing your duty. And never be attached to not doing your duty. So I guess um, you should be doing your duty, but you're not entitled to the fruits of your action. So this is um, what I learned about karma. Ooh. Karma, you don't want to start a duty, be entitled. To, you don't want to gain a duty or a responsibility. Let's say this kid that I said, he didn't want to work because he probably lived in New York or LA where it's so expensive to live he might have been on social security and then what if he got a job then they dropped the social security and then they say well you had a job so you can obviously work and living and dropping his lifeline okay let me read the um let me read the, the little poor port. There are three considerations here. Prescribed du duties, capricious work, and inaction. Prescribed duties are activities enjoined in terms of one's acquired modes of material nature. So your prescribed duties in life or your work, family, you know, your material nature. Um what you do for your life and your sustenance. Capricious work means action without the sanction of authority. And inaction means not performing one's prescribed duties. The Lord advises that Arjuna not be inactive, but that he perform his prescribed duty without being attached to the result. One who is attached to the result of his work is also the cause of the action. Thus he is the enjoyer or sufferer of the result of such actions. That's karma. Thus he is the enjoyer or sufferer of the result of such actions. So this boy, this young man, didn't want to work at $16 an hour because he was afraid of being a sufferer of the result of such actions. And 
he just wanted, you know, maybe he was also a tough negotiator. It, the Facebook post didn't say whether or not he got the job. Honestly, if the the employer wanted to employ him, employ him, he could afford that pay raise. He probably pays way more in food expenses than he does in in um labor. Um as far as prescribed duties are concerned, they can be fitted into three subdivisions, namely routine work, emergency work, and desired activities. Routine work performed as an obligation in terms of the scriptural injunctions without desire for result is action in the mode of goodness. Work with results become the cause of bondage. Therefore, such work is not auspicious. Everyone has his proprietary right in regard to prescribed duties, but such but should act without attachment to the result. Such disintegration obligatory duties doubtlessly lead one to the path of liberation. Arjuna was therefore advised by the Lord to fight as a matter of duty without attachment to the result. His non-participation in the battle is another side of attachment. Such attachment never leads one to the path of salvation. Any attachment, positive or negative, is a cause for bondage. Inaction is sinful. Therefore, fighting as a matter of duty was the only auspicious path of salvation for Arjuna. See, I'm a balloon artist, right? I make balloon animals. I um, balloon are I um, what's called a twister. My name is Bron- this is a little speech, and um, right now. I've never had a job where my balloons were paid for and my time was paid for. But working at the nursery at $9 an hour, um, I it was hard work, a lot of labor, and it doesn't... Yeah, well, now I'm getting a $600 check. Well, that's cool. But um, the being able to do balloons in the restaurant doubled what I was handling. Um, and then Saturdays was its own little thing. I was um, doing really well. But the thing is, is if I don't get a tip or a donation, I can't suffer, be attached to whether or not I get a donation or a tip. It's really helped uh, me. Also, like working at the nursery, I I was bitter, and I expressed my frustrations to my older friend, who was like flabbergasted that I was bitching about nine dollars an hour. I'm in Utah, so nine dollars an hour might be just perfect. I mean, everybody's saying that's great, but I'm from California, and I used, 25 years ago, I used to pay my guys $10 an hour. Anyway, so I was just 
bitter about it. But the thing is, is learning about this, you know, if I said I was going to work, then I go and work and I perform my duty. If I'm scheduled for certain hours, that's my duty for a material nature. And I can't be attached to whether or not I get paid that day, next week, you know, or else I'll suffer during the worry that I have about financial, about buying finances. You know, you conserve, be safe, be good with your finances, and then... Well, I'm not one to give you advice over finances. But the next part about my podcast, I'm going to talk about my um, my getting things done method by David Allen. It's really awesome. My tools and techniques to do that, to get things done. I want to be more busy. I'm a paralegal. So, um, I've never been paid to do any paralegal work. I'm also a certified paralegal in real estate, which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, uh, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about Ecclesiastes, what the Bible says about enjoying the fruit of your labor. This is Ecclesiastes 5, 18, 20. I believe the Ecclesiastes is in the New Testament. But um, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Anyways, it starts with 18, 5, 18. I have seen personally what is the only beneficial and appropriate course of action for people. To eat and drink and find enjoyment in all their hard work on earth. During the few days of their life that God has given them, for this is their reward. To every man whom God has given wealth and possessions, he has also given him the ability to eat from them, to receive his reward, and to find enjoyment in, in his toil. These things are the gift of God, for he does not think much about the fleeting days of his life, because God keeps him preoccupied with the joy he derives from his activity. Anyway, that's to say, see, I was brought up Mormon, and I generally believe that um, Mormons have that. I don't know about Christians as as um, far back. Now, just so you know, Mormons claim to be Christians, but Christians claim Mormons are not Christian. It just depends on whether or not you define Christian as believing the Bible as the only word of God. Catholics um, are Catholic and believe in a mystery Godhead, except for the Greek Orthodox Catholics, which believe that each God, the Father, God, the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Mormons, if you have in about the Trinity, is they don't refer to it as the Trinity. They refer to it as the Godhead, God the Father. Um, Mary did have a 
virgin birth and but it was um not god the father did not have sex with his child uh i don't think much christians believe that but there are a few that justify very evil natures with a few verses in the bible um that i've heard of anyway and um so literally there's a passage in the bible that jesus is being baptized god the father speaks out of heaven and the holy dove is there all three of them there individual indistinct personalities does make sense however now now according to my krishna friends i believe that krishna is being reincarnated a few times and he was krishna 500 years ago he, and i think 5000 years ago when he was advising arjuna in this great battle he was jesus reincarnated as jesus and uh, buddha and i would and buddha i believe muhammad was a reincarnated joseph smith and i believe christopher of the author of uh the recent illuminati series there's a series if you haven't heard of the true illuminati by christopher you might be able to find it on Google by going to Marvelous Work and Wonder. But he has got three books called The True Illuminati. I haven't been able to hear it all. I was listening to it in VR. But um, um, anyway, I, I, I believe what he claimed about remembering his past lives. I'm a hypnotist. Some people are able to remember their past lives it's a fact you do past life regression with hypnosis you it's just impossible for somebody to know a clean language verbatim with an accent without ever studying a word of it I don't know. It's just uh, some really weird stuff. And to be honest with you, there was a we did when I was in class a, a future progression. Now I wasn't there, but um, everybody came out with check this out. There were everybody was wearing. This was twenty years ago. Everybody was wearing masks, and some people were breathing out of tubes. That's how it was explained to me. The tubes are the vapes, masks. I mean, they're now it's unsaid. Now I don't even have to explain it. It's going to be there for a while because if anybody, because COVID is highly contagious, you can get it again and again. Yeah, you can get the vaccination, but I think people are still going to be encouraged to wear masks for a very long time. Plus, who knows if there's going to be a mutation that and the mutations and such. Um, there will be places, federal places, and other places that will still require masks, especially large groupings. 
anyway. Isn't that amazing? You can't. Uh, uh, an atheist can explain it all sorts of different ways. But what do you choose to believe? I mean, do you choose to believe that it's just some chemicals going on in the brain and no. I recently saw a show on TV that said that said um oh do you remember 1820 and she's like um no it's like it's the same thing when you're dead you won't rem- <laughs> he didn't exist that's cool but i believe in reincarnation now the thing is is um i believe muhammad was reincarnated Joseph smith but the thing is is how do you know how, if someone comes out and says, oh, yeah, I'm a reincarnated Krishna, I wonder what their tests are. Anyways, um, this dude, Krishna, in 5008 BC or some 5,000 years ago, was born dark blue, grayish blue. So, um, that's cool. Anyways, it'll be interesting to learn. Um, Christianity is silent on the idea of reincarnation. It doesn't say pro or for. But let me tell you a little something about the few different kinds of spiritual or uh, human bodies there are. Moses was taken up into into he- into heaven after he died he was transfigured in the mormon terminology and christians can explain it other ways um and then jesus himself was supposedly resurrected into a physical body perfect physical body um and anyway, uh, that's what they say. So why can't, and, and the promise of him being the first physically resurrected human uh, beyond advanced God was that the rest of us would have a perfect body one day. Of course, we'd never have the same abilities as God. However, I believe that once you pass the true test of mortality, and not very, 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 very few men, I believe, very few women too, but very few, very few people are going to pass. Because, and all you need to know whether or not you're going to have the true power of God. And most Mormons take that into procreation in the afterlife. Will I be able to procreate in other spirit bodies and stuff like that? Which is going to happen only if you derive your true happiness from serving God or serving others. 
if you prefer to serve yourself and be happy and you're happiest serving yourself, then you'll live on the middle planets of the solar system. It's an analogy, but I believe it's possible that it's a true statement that this guy, that Christopher said, that we will live, we will be having resurrected bodies. And they, Krishna say 11 billion people, 15 billion people. And Christopher said that too, I, I believe. 11 to 15 billion people. And we're going to be spread out on the solar, on the planets. Because quite frankly, I don't want to be around selfish people. I'll have an obligation for for material things if I have to be around so, social people. But I'm with St. Jude. I serve the elect. And if you think that because you own a machine and you're able to pay labor and for the stupid things that you want to do, have done that you won't do yourself or can't do yourself. I was at a nursery and this guy, these guys are have ADD up the wazoo, this couple. They're like 70 something, 60, 70 something. And they're, they're, they, they, um, Kim is all, he's doing everything too. That's great, but he can't do the whole thing himself. He's got a lot of people working under him. He's in the back, and then there's a retail store in the front. There's a whole bunch of greenhouses and bodegas and and old old uh, heisters is what he call what George calls them forklifts stuff just moving plants watering plants he does it all that's cool but and they're i believe they're being honest with me about the nine dollars an hour and if i suggest eighteen dollars an hour well that that uh, that breaks their budget um but if i was off say nine dollars an hour and i said i can only come at 11 well it depends on how much they need me it really depends do you want me to move flowers and get cuts on my hands and get soaked in the sun? Or do I want to learn how to play video games and have fun and enjoy the results of my actions of watching TV, Netflix, and playing video games, reading? could suffer if I'm watching a horror movie. But the dharma of the activity, the the whole rule set, and the nature, true nature, of what I'm doing will prescribe the suffering or or enjoyment of what I'm going to do. Anyway, uh, which, which if you're going to play a video game, you might get blisters on your thumb. Or time will so pass by you miss your appointment. Or you get a dick 
addicted to heroin or games. Anyway, enjoy this short break. And I'm gonna next week, actually, I'm going to stop. This has been about 30 minutes. Next week, I'm going to talk about the Passion Planner. Go to passionplanner.com. If you're if you're a homeless, they'll give you one for free. Everyone you buy, they help out communities and stuff like that. I got one for free when I was homeless. Now I take uh, now I'm a good customer. Um, getting things done, it's real, real. It's it's about. I highly recommend the book. Um and the passion planner i use evernote and i love playing habitica habitica is my most favorite thing in fact i was so insane one day that i that i showed a tattoo artist the picture and paid him 75 dollars to tattoo it on my lower left leg it's awesome it's a picture of a griffin and I'll fill it in with color one day or neon ink, um, some type of ink. I'm going to make it a little better. Um, but uh, embellish it even more. Um, basically, it's a task management system where you put down your habit habits that you want to reward yourself with for doing. You put down your daily to-dos, the reoccurring daily to-dos. And you can organize it per month or, or I mean per week or whatever day of the week or whatever. And then you have your one-off to-dos. And you have rewards that you have. Now the game has few rewards like items and stuff. I play it because when I check things off, it plays a nice little sound. And, 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 and what I've been reading recently in self-help books is make sure. I'm doing Kaizen. And make sure you re make sure you reward yourself for small achievements. Having only working on a small achievement, one percent, small bits at a time, just small progress. You feel more satisfied and you feel more productive, and you get things done. We overestimate what we can do in a year, but underestimate what we can do in 10. So I think it would say the same thing. We can, oh, I do it all the time with my passion planner. I overestimate what I'm able to do, and I end up not writing my fiction novel that I want to write. I can't. I'm really having writer's block with it. But, um,. Anyway, I hope you guys have a good day, and I want to say blessed be that it's wicked, it's a curse, or a blessing, depending on your karma, which is pretty cool. That's Unitarian. It's a cool little church, but I'm even having more success spiritually coming into Krishna consciousness and the fold of Krishna. Yeah. And um, being vegetarian is a good idea. 
because when they killed the look, I mean, I saw a pig Mexicans that were boiling a pig in a big pot and bones and oh yeah, looked real appetizing. Remember, you you look at the animal alive when you're looking. I'm in Utah now. There's chickens and pigs and cows everywhere. It's like okay, yummy, but how can you? How can you? I know we say we need to take care of humans first, but you can't have that attitude if you don't start with the basics and kill animals. I want to talk to any bishop or any stake president or any freaking prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints and ask him, when was the last time you ate meat? Is it winter? No. Then you can only eat meat. Joseph Smith, the word of wisdom. They focus. You can pass the words of wisdom test as long as you don't drink coffee, alcohol, and tea. There's nothing about in in the interview about following what Joseph said about eating meat only in famine because the cow would die anyway and during hard winter or winter which goes with famine. Um, Joseph Fielding Smith said he rarely ate meat. I'm an available-tarian. Really, it's quite impossible for me to, to only eat vegetarian food. I'm working on it. I only buy vegetarian food, but they always get my order messed up. But um, it's becoming easier. I'm getting in the habit. Mostly, I don't know how to cook vegetarian but i'm learning well not really anyways blessed be namaste